Welcome to 360 Conversations. This is a podcast featuring powerful conversations with female thought leaders, experts, and founders. We will be digging deep while sharing experience, insights, and tips for busy Generation X women seeking ways to strip back, simplify, live intentionally, and create space for everyday joy. I'm your host, Tamu Thomas, founder of The 360 Brand. This is part one of episode 19, and I'm joined by Natalie Costa, founder of Power Thoughts. Power Thoughts is a teaching, coaching, and mindfulness service that supports children to tap into their power. Natalie has a brilliant range of tools and experience she uses to support children look at what we often refer to as failure as a learning experience rather than a defining factor. She uses a range of strategies to encourage children to give themselves compassion and space to learn and grow rather than be stuck in a perceived mistake. I spent lots of time chatting with Natalie on Instagram and we both have identified that we have internalised societal messages that say our output equals our worth. We've also chatted about the importance of taking time out to congratulate ourselves. In this episode, we talk about this further and Natalie shares the work she does with her children and how it transfers to us as adults. In part two of this episode, Natalie and I are joined by my 12-year-old daughter. I thought it would be much better and much more authentic if I invited my daughter to speak directly to Natalie rather than me being a conduit. Considering my daughter is such a chatterbox and makes her presence known, she was so shy. She also said that I made her cringe. Where hey, that makes me happy because it is my right as a parent to make her cringe. You'll have to listen to part two to find out what Natalie, my daughter and I discussed. Now to part one. Hey loves, I am back with Natalie Costa for part two of our conversation. Natalie and I had a the first part of our podcast conversation a couple of weeks ago with my daughter because when I told my daughter I was going to be speaking to Natalie and explain the work that she does, um, coaching, mentoring, supporting children um, in education, she had some questions and, and she was curious about the work. So I thought, rather than me ask my daughter questions to ask Natalie to then feed back to my daughter, I would just have my daughter join us. So she did, um, which was really lovely. She was very shy, which I'm surprised about (laughs) because this girl loves talking. She loves talking to camera on her YouTube channel and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I think she felt little amongst adults. But something Mm. that she said, actually, which was really nice, was that... um, when Natalie, my daughter and I were talking, Natalie talked about children and young people being powerful and um, owning their power. And uh, my daughter hadn't thought of herself as powerful because she's a child. She just didn't associate childhood and power. So that was really nice. We got her thinking about those concepts. So without further ado, 
Natalie. <laughs> hey. Yay. Hello, my darling. And so good to catch up again. And um, it was such a treat to speak to you both and, um, you know, speak to your daughter as well. And you're right. It is. We don't really get taught about owning our power. And, um, you know, sometimes I think power can have that negative connotation. But, you know, when I teach, it's about it's about owning who you are. Yeah. You know, that there's it, it sounds so cliched. We hear it so much. But it's like there is only one of us. There is only one of you. And you are enough. And own that power so um, I'm really glad that um, you got her thinking and you know chatting further about that and yeah so glad to be back again thank you thank you (laughs) now thinking about um, power actually there's something that I had uh, like some questions that I had well prompts for me to ask you Mm -hmm. and I'm going to go um, straight into there rather than where I was going to go first so in talking about teaching um, children about owning themselves and owning their power. Um, something that I was reading on your website and also thinking about, um, one of the things that you do in your work coaching um, children, um, you were talking about children being afraid of failing. And mm. when I read that, I was like, yeah, I remember my entire school experience being all about gaining and success and doing well um and I was just thinking about how that conditioning creates adults that well for me on from yeah. for me it created an adult that at times was scared to try because the fear of failing was so powerful I just yeah. didn't bother and stayed doing something that was unfulfilling Mm, so mm. I, I just wanted to talk a bit about supporting children to not be afraid of failing in an education mm. system which wants you to be afraid <laughs> of failing. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, if you think about it, from and I used to be predominantly in year one, so I used to be a year one teacher for a very long time. So from that t- stage already, spelling tests, you know, um, I didn't get 10 out of 10. I've got two out of 10. I've got one out of 10. That means there's something wrong. Um, so, yeah, the system is really, I think, in a lot of ways set up. Maybe not always intentionally, but the message we get is I've got to compete. I've got to be, I've got to be in everybody else's group or at least better, you know, with everybody else or better than everybody else. It, in some ways, those messages can definitely send across. But um, and yeah, failure, making mistakes is something that I see across all boards of the schools I work with and children, um, and me myself being really afraid when I was a child. Um, to make mistakes because it wasn't good enough mm-hmm. in that sense, isn't it? It kind of goes back to that again. Um, so what I do is I try to change their perspective around failure because we know setting up your own business, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. You're going to fall flat on your face. But it's in those times that we learn our best skills. It's in those times that we actually grow more than when we are coasting. Um, so getting children to understand at a very basic level, what is happening in my brain when I make mistakes. We bring a bit of brain science into it. So we actually look at our brain inside and we look at the brain cells or the neurons. We look at how, you know, we look at a few different scans of how a baby's brain looks in comparison to a child who is six. And then we discuss what did that six-year-old have to do in order to, um, you know, 
be, you know, self-reliant mm-hmm. to an extent. You know, they've got to write their name, they've got to spell, and they're not going to get it right. But their brain has got many more little neurons and brain cells that are connected. So selling them the idea that mistakes help my brain grow, mm-hmm. my brain gets stronger, um, just like my body needs exercise to keep fit and strong and healthy, my brain needs exercise. So when I am doing those difficult maths problems, or even when it comes to feelings, petrified of doing class presentations, but every time I get up on stage and I do a presentation and it's hard, that feeling of when it's hard, that is my brain getting its exercise. Um, you know, and we look at, I also have something that we call yes moments. So looking at our mistakes, let's change that. And let's say it's a yes moment. And I get them on a piece of paper, just an A4 piece of paper. We split it in half. On the one side, we write yes moments. And the other side, we write, what did I learn? So I was working with a little boy recently who's very, you know, was very anxious when it comes to making mistakes, getting things wrong. And he said under his yes moment, and he's only five. He said, I got the word because spelled wrong. So that's my mistake. But what did I learn? I now know how to spell because. I came up with a special rhyme to spell because. And the whole reason why I want them to write this down is so they can visually then see this is all the new stuff I've learned. So yes, I can focus on the mistake, but actually look at all the amazing things I've learned from that and how that's made me grow. So getting them to understand that, yes, when it's hard, it's a hard feeling. I understand it feels challenging. It feels clunky. We feel frustrated, but it's then in those times that we're like, actually, I'm training my brain to get stronger. You know, we have a few mantras. Um, I'm, you know, making mistakes makes my brain grow. Um, you know, mistakes help me learn. Um, and really getting them to just shift the dialogue, shift the mindset um, of what is happening in my brain. We also make a little neuron out of pipe cleaners or a little brain cell, um, you know, and we use Play-Doh as well to emphasize parts of our brain. We're really good at stretching because those are the things we're good at. Mm-hmm. How did we get good at that? Through practice. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't just get good at swimming by looking at the pool. I yeah. had to actually get in there and, and get dirty and get wet Um, but the same then you know then we've got small elastic bands kind of like those other bits that we're still learning to stretch you know and then so getting them to understand that part things we're really good at but then understanding that things that we're not that good at yet we can learn to improve and our brain can we can always improve Mm -hmm. I'm not saying yes you know we've got certain talents and certain skills and things that we naturally are good at Um, and I'm not saying we're going to be brilliant at everything but I can learn to become better at something or, you know, I, I'm learning to train my brain to get stronger versus I can't do this. I'm not good enough. So I'm just going to give up. And the other thing, when we start looking at it in that way, that makes us feel a different way. So if I'm in maths again, obviously I did have a lot of anxiety when I came to maths. So, but you know, if they're sitting in a maths class and they don't understand and they go down the route of, I can't do this, this is too hard, everyone is better than me, like that's going to make me feel disempowered. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to want to do it. Whereas if I think, okay, this is difficult, this is challenging, but I can do challenging things. This is, this means my brain's practicing, it's getting stronger, whatever it might be, that's going to put me in a different state. And then I'm going to feel a bit lighter. My brain is going to be open because I'm not flooding it with a stress hormone. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to access the prefrontal cortex and I'm able to pay attention and, you know, do the best that I can. Um, 
Yeah, so in that way, you know, and really the yes moment activity and having those conversations, um, I find is a massive shift in that, oh, I don't want to make this mistake and get this wrong. Like, this is brilliant. Yeah. And the other thing as well is teaching them about these famous failures, so to say, looking at all of these people that we see as being successful. And as a child, you don't know, you know, you just think some people have it, some people don't, some people are lucky, some people aren't that, you know, that was definitely my story. Mm -hmm. Um, But then actually looking at what did they have to do to get there and how many times they were rejected when they were bullied, when they were, you know, getting things wrong and Mm -hmm. failed, Mm -hmm. but look where they are today Mm -hmm. and what was the difference. Um, So, yeah, in that way, we really start to shift that mindset um, and really get them to, you know, I'm quite brave when I say it, but I'm like, you become best friends with your mistakes, provided you learn from them. Obviously, the key here is let's let's learn from them. It might take a few times. We might make the same mistake a few times, but let's learn from them. What a beautiful, potent lesson that I am learning, you know, started to learn a short while ago and and embracing now. I I just really love the idea of children walking around with that notion because it's so freeing. And I'm just thinking about the way that I've punished myself for mistakes rather than learning from them and then getting Mm -hmm. to a point where I'm like, no, that is beautiful learning and even Mm. if it happens publicly okay then now it's become group beautiful learning it's a defining factor so shifting Uh, from seeing that as being sort of the embodiment of you and realizing that it's something that happened and will then be able to be that's if if you think about it in that way you can then pay it forward and and Mm. use it I, I, Mm. I, I really really like that and I think that um the more that that is in not just parents, but all of our consciousness, because at some point in time, we all come into contact with and shape the mind of a child. So yeah, it'd be really yeah. nice if we are planting seeds rather than killing dreams. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, um, par- you know, our parents did the best that they could do with what, you know, and I think the same is when your child comes into this world, we've said, you know, there's no manual, there's no instruction on how you've got to work with me. You know, we do the best that we can. Um, and I think as well, you know, when you got the system like the educational system that is so give that gives these messages that you've got to compete, that it's just the scores and the this and the that, it is really difficult to naturally have that idea of embracing mistakes. Mm-hmm. But I think at the opportunity, as I think we as a society are waking up to mental and emotional well-being a lot more now, definitely versus when I was a child, yeah. um, that there can be different conversations about supporting our children, like you said, to plant those seeds and to encourage the mistakes. And again, as well, separating the mistake or the failure from you as a person. Yeah. Um, that just because I, whatever the mistake might be or the failure might be, doesn't mean that I'm not good enough as a person. Mm-hmm. My self-worth is not attached to the score that I get in year six on my English SATs exam, you know, because mm-hmm. I have children tell me I will never be successful in life if I fail my SATs exams. And I'm like, wow. you are 11. Wow. And 
much as I had wanted to say, I think I actually probably did say it, but I just, and I just said, this is not going to matter in a few years time. Like this is not, this is not going to dictate who you are, who you become. This is just a game you've got to play and play the game as best as you can, but this does not define you. Um, but yeah, the more we can start to plant those seeds and have that conversation, um, and be gentle with ourselves too. So I'm currently reading a book by a wonderful lady called Marissa Peer. Um, and the book's called I Am Enough. And it all boils, she's one of the top UK therapists, um, and it all boils down to that idea that we are enough. Because she says one of the common things she sees within her practice are clients that feel they are not enough through some other. And if you think about it, it all, if you unpeel the layers when it comes to us, you know, whatever we insecurities about have it all got ways, you know, very often it comes down to think of, I feel like I'm not good enough. Mm. So I didn't get the mark I wanted in my test. Peel it down. I'm not good enough. You know, mm-hmm. as it's just starting to change that. I did the best I can, I could. Mm-hmm. Now, what can I learn from this? If I need to feel sad and upset about it, allow myself to feel sad and upset. But then let's get back up there and let's try again. Yeah, yeah. You know, Absolutely. that's really where we can then start to embrace the mistakes and look at them as our best friend because they help us learn yeah. and grow. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely not an overnight thing and that leads me quite nicely into something else I was thinking about because Natalie and I do often have chats in the DMs um, we were both I I shared something and um, we commented on um, it was about um, learning that we are Nicola Washington who is on um Instagram as too much mothering information shared some thoughts and insights she had about last year 2018 and um, she had said um, something that she had learned in 2018 or that she was learning in 2018 is that we're not a sum total of our achievements and we had a bit of a a, a chat about that and it's, it's it's it is possible but it is it is something that's very difficult to overcome when you spent your entire life being taught that you are um that your output equals your value. Could yeah. you talk to us um about how you have been able to embrace that because your background is teaching, mm. which is something that is in a boundary with a clear description you have quotas that you need to meet and you have supervision and all that sort of stuff and you are now self-employed working within education Mm -hmm. um, as a coach so a lot of the achievements so when you work for somebody your achievements or lack thereof are highlighted (laughs) on a regular basis through appraisals and all that sort of stuff and when you work for yourself that that doesn't happen so how Mm -hmm. what work did you do to enable yourself or to free yourself of thinking about yourself and your worth being attached to your achievements? Oh, my word. Okay, <laughs> how long have we got? <laughs> it's a big that, one, I know. Yes, big one. But, you know, it's and, and it's, it was difficult. I'm not going to lie. It was difficult because um, just before the call, you and I had a brief chat and I grew up you know, thinking, and I remember, you know, having to be 
top A student, top of the class, that means I'm good. Um, you know, be, you know, I definitely, I wasn't one of the popular or the in crowds or anything like that. Um, but always feeling like I have to do more to be accepted, to be liked, to be okay, to be enough. And, um, definitely as a, in teaching as well. Oh my goodness, that anxiety. I remember going to school on a Monday morning and, um, they would have, um, this like paper up on the wall that would tell us what we had to do for the week. And I would literally there start to feel, oh, I can't do this. And again, you know, you kind of just be a hamster on a wheel and you just go, go, go. So coming out of it, and then obviously we're going to just park aside all the other anxieties about going self-employed and all of the other you know, mental nasties <laughs> that take over. Like, let's just park there. Um, initially I worked incredibly hard, that standard hustle, 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 graft, graft, which I do feel to a degree, well, I was learning a new skill. So I was it's back at, at times. You know, was, yeah, I was back at, you know, ground zero and trying to figure out how things work. And I remember that first month having the days, I was like, what do I do with my day? Like, what, what do I actually oh my do? Gosh, yeah, where's the structure? Where do yeah, I start? What do I do? Who do I talk to? Like, yeah. who do I reach out? What, what, like, what, I've got to send an email to that head teacher? Really? Oh my gosh, what am I doing? You know? Um, and I would easily work myself seven days a week. Um, and, not actually stop to congratulate myself for what I've done. I'd always be like, yes, but I've got to do this. Yes, but I've got to do that. Yes, but I've got to do that. But that put me in a foul mood as well because whenever my husband came home, I would be in that negative mood of I'm not good enough because mm-hmm. I haven't achieved enough. And I must be honest with you, it really did take a good um, – a good portion of the first half of the year to – to stop and to then slowly put in new habits into place. I just realized this was, it was influencing all aspects of my life, my relationships, my marriage, my well-being, And, um, I just had to take stock of, and I think it was, might've been my husband or it might've been a friend of mine that said to me, you're not enjoying it. You're not enjoying this. And I thought, hang on, what do you mean I'm not enjoying this? But actually, I realized and I didn't. And that's when I really had to start unlearning that about, you know, the achievements. And I think starting to celebrate the little things. So even if I just send out one email, I'd be like, well done, Natalie, for sending out that one email, you know. Um and making a shift with regards to the dialogue I'm using with myself. Because I often, you know, one of the lessons I do with the children is we look at our um, our limiting beliefs. We create it into a character. And mine is always like this boot camp instructor, like, give me 10 more kind of thing. You know, that's sort of the voice I have. And I really had to shift that and tone that down and be like, actually, no, you've done one today and that's fine. That's your best that you've done today. Um but it's an ongoing practice mm-hmm. and it's, it's recognizing again, I think the more that I also teach the material and then obviously I apply all the tools I teach because that's why I'm doing it. There's that phrase about, you don't, I think you I might get, I'm probably going to get so wrong, but you teach what you need to do. If you know what I mean, like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. phrase is But And so I'm consistently using these tools because I battle with the, the managing the thoughts and the mindset and so forth. Um, but I know how valuable they can be. Yeah. Um, and it also is like, well, if I'm teaching children to use these tools, 
get your ass into gear and use them yourself. Hello. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And your worth is not attached on what other people think. And you know it makes a valuable change within people's lives. And that's all that counts. Don't try and, you know, it doesn't have to be this massive achievement. Like if you've gone in there and worked that with that one child and you've made a difference, then that is what's important. Mm. Um, but it's an ongoing process, absolutely. Mm. I <laughs> read still this in. quote. Um, it's by this scientist who I really, really love. Um, his name is Neil deGrasse Tyson. I might be pronouncing that okay. wrong. Um, but um, he, the, the quote said um, something like, um, it's curious that we spend more time congratulating people that have succeeded than encouraging people that have not. And I think yeah. it's really difficult to congratulate yourself for the small wins because we are in a society that seems to focus on congratulating those that have made it. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not looking at the, and you know what I did? I showed the children a clip the other day. I think Jay Shetty that spoke about the same thing. We're talking about failure um, that we, and I think it was his uh, famous failures video too. He's got two of them. If anyone wants to look at that, both of them are brilliant. Um, but it is where he said, you know, we focus so much on people's successes, but we don't look at what they did to get there. And like Brene Brown talks about the rumble phase and the dirty, nitty gritty phase. Um, and I think it's in those moments, you know, for us being self-employed, doing our own thing, that phase can be really isolating and really daunting. And if we don't work on talking to ourselves the way we talk to a friend, it comes down to that and encouraging ourselves and praising ourselves with the same tone of voice and the same compassion, it's so much harder, you know, we'll stay in that space I found for a much longer time than when, you know, if I'm speaking to myself kindly and with compassion, that is, takes me miles further than if I'm beating myself up yeah. and giving myself a hard time, but it takes practice and it takes, it's hard. I find it still challenging to, to switch that because it's been so ingrained, I'm not saying for my parents, like, you know, it, it's not that it's just society as a exactly. whole. It's that hustle, hustle, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. You've got to kind of smash it and those sort of things. And it's unlearning those things. Um, it is a practice. So it's, it really, oh. really is a practice. And I think that sometimes we let ourselves down and it is mm. literally that being compassionate and gentle with yourself. If you're not giving yourself time to adopt this new habit, until it becomes mm -hmm. integral, you, you, mm. you're just never going to do it. We, we don't no. automatically. I've, I've got a, a nephew, he's two. Oh. He's like one of the best humans ever. And um, because he's not my child, when I'm with him, I, I just get to really enjoy him without the pressure yeah. of the responsibility. I do feel responsibility because, you know, he, yeah. he is like my son, but I don't mm. have the pressure that his parents have. And sometimes mm. he's doing things which 
you know, I have to keep a, a, a good eye to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself or whatever. Yeah. But because he doesn't have this concept of failure and fear, when mm. he really wants to do something, he will do and do and do and do and do and he will keep doing it until he masters it. He doesn't yeah. He doesn't even know the word. There was one day when he said, I can't do it. I was heartbroken because uh. I was like, how do you know can't? But it was yeah. something that he was watching on TV so he got he, he's very bright so he picked up that concept from there but apart from that this boy was was walking when he was nine months old or something like he was really making huge efforts to walk from very very early and every time it's like all children they fall they bump they scrape he, he will persist and yeah. I just think wouldn't it be lovely if we were able to maintain some of that quality yes we do need to learn fear we do need to learn how to keep ourselves mm -hmm. safe and all of that sort of stuff mm -hmm. but he just doesn't have that limit in thinking I'm going to stop trying because I've done it once and I couldn't do it yeah yeah because he's not at that point yet where because as sadly as we get older through the messages that we receive from society we're like oh there's a limit oh if I do this, it means I'm not good at this or whatever it might be. Whereas I will, you know, often when we look at fear with children, I say to them, have you ever seen a toddler or a baby mm -hmm. learning to walk that just one day decides that's it, I give up? They don't because that's just not in the nature at the, in the essence, you know, that's not in our nature, but we've unlearned that we've lost that because of the messages that we get from the outside world. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, it's, it, we can go back to that and, um, I'm not at all, you know, plugging her book here, but it's just because it's so in, on my mind. But Marissa Peer talks about that again, where you go back, you can go back to that point of um, getting that sense of, um, I don't want to say courage, but that sense of your self-worth is there. You know, you can go back to that. But it does take the practice mm -hmm. of unlearning the, you know, paying attention as well to these thoughts that come in. Because that's the other thing I told children, you know, it's these, these, you've got these thoughts and we think so many thoughts in the day. And I mean, I'm sure the number's different, but it was 60 to 80,000 thoughts a day. But I read a study that is even more than that. So, but a lot of the thoughts that we think are the same. And, um, it's the same repeated, yeah. you know, behaviors. We just think the thought and we feel the feeling, we react in that way. So I teach something called the super loop and it's identifying some of these unhelpful thoughts that we have. Start being aware. Awareness is key. Once I am aware of the thoughts I'm thinking, because I'm not paying attention to all of them, some of them are so habitual, so yeah. I'm not woken up to them. But once I start waking up to that, then I can start to challenge it and question it and change it yeah. and get back that sense of, um, of, you know, I can mm -hmm. versus I can't. Mm -hmm. And also, you know, let's create a different image on our mind. Um, you know, because how we feel is down to the words that we use and the images that we create. So I've created this image in my mind that I'm a failure in spelling, right? But let's, let's change. And I'm telling myself I'm a failure in spelling. Your mind's going to latch onto that. So, so let's change it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if I create the image that, okay, I got two out of 10 for that one. That's brilliant. Cause that means my brain's growing. It's learning, right? I'm going to tell myself my brain's growing as learning. I'm going to create a different feeling yeah. and um, get back that sense of that two-year-old. That's like, get up, stand up, get up, stand up, get yeah. that back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that you're saying, it's also making me think about reviewing 
how you um reviewing your increments for your progress so yeah spelling test example I got two out of ten this time okay then my goal for the next we're at school for 38 weeks of the year I've got 38 I'm I'm not saying that a child will think like that but I'm thinking in my mind for myself you've got 38 Mm. weeks of the year you've got 38 chances with these spelling tests so you got two out of 10 this week next Mm. week the focus is going to be getting three out of 10 then four out of 10 because we often think I've got to get the 10 out of 10 so we don't think about the um staircasing that will get us from there we just want to go from zero to 100 yeah which yeah that's um an unrealistic target yeah absolutely it's the same you know as you know when I work in the groups you know I say if we're training for a marathon or a race you're not going to you know you're not going to smash it the first time you might you might but chances are you're not going to smash the first time or play a piece on the piano beautifully the first time it's going to take time and practice because your brain is like a muscle. So it grows yeah. and it builds and it it slowly develops, but with practice. And yeah. I always say, you know, it's those, and we know this in business, you know, with our own businesses, those small little steps every single day, consistently done, make the big changes. Yeah. That leads to, you know, being published in a certain place or working with the clients that you want to. But the small steps that you put in place every day, whether it is, you know, taking an hour out for your meditation journaling or workout to put you in the right headspace to then send off those little emails or do the little things, that over a period of time leads to the big, the bigger yeah. changes as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, I think I got a bit off tangent there. No, but <laughs> no, that's brilliant because it's made me think I was watching something. Mm-hmm. Um, ah, it was Tyler Perry. Tyler oh, Perry right. was having an, uh, I, I stumbled across it on YouTube. He was having a conversation with some Christian ministers in America. I think it was Joel Osteen mm-hmm. and somebody else. And he was talking about his road to the success he is in currently. And he said that, it, it was something along the lines and I'll find the video and I'll put it in the show notes. Mm. There was, it was something about, um, you know how some people talk about their, about dreams needing to be big and scary and da, 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 da. He was saying that that didn't work for him because if he had, if he had had those dreams and received those dreams, he wouldn't have known what to do with them. So mm. his was like a incremental approach. So it was like, yeah. I'm at point A, my dream is about getting to point B. Once he got to point B, his dream was about getting to point C. Once he got to point C, he was able to bypass a couple of letters, then it was point G and he was ready yeah. and he was then able to maximise point G to where yeah. he was. And I think that sometimes, particularly if you are somewhere where you are seeing messages from coaches or stuff about personal development, go Mm. bigger, go wider. So if I say (laughs) to somebody, you know, this year I want to earn 40K. No, that's not big enough. It should be a scary number. But that doesn't really work for everybody. Uh (laughs) And and also what I know about myself is, what I have learned is that, I need to know, let's talk about money. So I Mm. need to know that the figure I am saying I'm wanting, I have a purpose for it and I know what I want to do with it. If I Uh. just say, um, 
if I if I win the lottery tomorrow and I didn't have a clear idea in my mind of what I wanted to do with that, I would be that person that a couple of years later is <laughs> selling stories to the press that I lost my millions from the lottery. <laughs> Because, as you know, some people, some of us need to prepare our uh, hearts and minds for that, for the yeah. um, ascendant, ascendance yeah. or whatever, yeah. ascending up the elevator. I yeah. can't just go from floor one to floor ten. And that's not a limiting belief. Let me get mm-hmm. to floor two. I might be able to yeah. skip straight to floor seven. But I yeah. don't think me going from naught to ten will be long lasting because I need yeah. to do work to prepare myself. Yeah, yeah, you're so spot on with that. And I can absolutely relate because that would freak that freaks me out as well, having these big ideas. To be honest with you, even when I set up power thoughts, so I wasn't teaching, trained to be um, a coach, and um, initially set up a business wanting to work with women making career changes. Um, and I had a few clients in the evening and so forth. And that's kind of when I started to bring these tools to the children and all of that. And that's the idea of power thoughts. But when I first set it up, I had this idea, yes, I want to go into schools and deliver workshops. Um, But that was as far as I could think, right? That's as far as I could think. And um, I still remember even I had a coach at the time just, just before I got the idea of power thoughts when I was still thinking about working with women. And she said to me, draw out what you want your day to look like. So I literally like drew cartoon figures of myself doing half-time workshops, part-time at school, because the whole jump for me from from one thing to the other was very, very scary. Um, I wanted to take it in stages, but I could only think that far. And then when I got to that point of bloody teaching left, right, and center, because I also um, was teaching fitness classes as a hobby because I loved it. So I was like thinking, I was doing this all left, right, and center. I was like, this is not cool. Like, who drew this picture? Because this is not cool. But but I could only think that far. And then I could think a little bit further. And like you, money as well. Like, yes, you know, like you said, the 40K or the the six figures a month kind of thing, um, month or year, whatever it might be. It does. Yeah. Like you said, you've got to know what your purpose is. And also one of the things is to build my self-confidence and my self-belief in those skills that yes, I can do this. And, you know, let's build a solid foundation. Let's make it sustainable. Um, so it's for the long game, not the short game, Yes, you know? Um, and that's another thing I'd often compare, uh, myself and my husband to the rabbit and the tortoise. I'm the yeah. rabbit. I'm just going. But what happens in the end of the story? The rabbit loses the race. Yes. So I've really trained myself mm-hmm. to be the tortoise yeah. and, you know, to be patient, slow, to do the steady, sh- slow and yeah and like you said like slowly build up and then you get to a point where yeah you can bypass a few levels because I do believe there does come that point where you do bypass a few levels Mm -hmm. but you've got to work through the mindset stuff that's the key because we've got so many stories that we believe and that we latch onto and um you know it's it's let's we've got to work through those first um, because if I'm going to make that extra money, who, what do I need to believe exactly. in order to make that? Who do I need to be? What do I need to believe about myself in order to have that? Yeah, I you don't know, want the money to become oppressive or the joy yeah. or the success. or yeah. and, and even thinking, uh, um, 
to, again, Nicola, too much mother mm-hmm. information. She, she shared a post about, um, she was just talking about really enjoying um, the holiday period and her children being at home. And she couched that in saying that there are times that she gets frustrated, tired, irritable, all the rest of it, all the other mm-hmm. stuff that comes with motherhood, because sometimes it is damn boring yeah. and, and frustrating. Yeah. And she was just, she was questioning why she felt the need to share that. And whilst there are things about patriarchy and the role of mothers being really highly valued, being really lots of pressure and responsibility, but not necessarily the value. Mm. And I wrote and responded um, that my observation is that we are conditioned to bond in misery and other people's (sighs) joy is very triggering for people. So we start to conceal our joy or to make it smaller, minimize it. It, Oh, we're really excited inside, but we only express a fraction of that excitement because this person might not be happy or that person may not be happy for us or the thing that we hear a lot as children, no one likes a show off. And I just think, I think that we should really be more joyful, more excited, yeah. kinder, more generous, yeah. so that we get used to it and we stop mm-hmm. being triggered by mm. people being joyful, happy, successful. I know there's so yeah. many times that I haven't shared my joy or I haven't fully stepped into my power because my, um, what do people say that it is? My my negative yeah, yeah. My limiting belief also oh, yeah. is about having this success and having all of that, but my um, pride and acknowledgement being mistaken for arrogance. Have you seen The Little wow. Mermaid? The film yes, The Little I, Mermaid. So yeah, you know, I used to love it. I used so to. I know what Ursula gets so, really, yeah. really big and really, really yeah. scary. It's like that whole narrative about no one likes to show off, about people preferring to bond in misery. I feel like me being joyful, sometimes people perceive me like Ursula, so then I shut down and I don't express. And it's only in doing this work, in exploring my limiting beliefs and looking at ways that I can gently disrupt those patterns that I realised I limited expressing myself fully because yes. I was worried about being perceived as this gigantic Ursula type being show yeah. And actually then the question there is, you know, where, and you know, not getting deep about it right now, but where does that story come from and what makes that true? Exactly. Who says that's true? Um, you know, these are the images that we, and absolutely agree with you. And I think also, yes, of course, there are going to be people that might think you're a show off or arrogant, but I think your true tribe would be rooting for you. That's how I see it in any yeah. case. Like yeah. they're like, yes. And you know, I mean, our dear friend Lucy Sheridan is like the queen when it comes to comparison. I love her. Absolutely Me love too. her. But you know, and uh, one of the key things I learned from her and something that I, I teach the children, because the comparison is there just this morning, I was at a school and one of the things the kids say everybody else is better than me or I'm not as smart as real. So it's there, but let's shift that again. So even if you do get triggered, but it's this thing of, okay, well, what can I learn from them? What are they doing that I could learn and that I can embrace, you know? Um, and I feel the true tribe is there who root for you and celebrate or able to hold your joy and 
enjoy it with you. Yes. Um, and, and that's a hard thing. I think sometimes just coming, I'm a peep, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser. So it's, I want to make sure I'm okay with everybody and so forth. So it really is hard. And then to kind of start thinking, okay, these are the people that really have my back and really have my corner. And those are the ones that I need to focus on. Um, and also teaching children that it's okay to share your successes. It's okay to share your, and there's a very different way to share it by saying, you know what, I'm really proud of what I have achieved versus, well, this is what I've achieved. Yeah. You know, that can go into arrogance. But again, it's the, it's that self-praise and acknowledging it from ourselves. Yeah. I did, I always listened to a podcast ages ago um, and I can't, um, I can't remember the name of the person, but he, um, an American guy, an American speaker, and he said that if you want to talk about your accomplishments, one of the things that he sometimes advises his, cl- his clients is to say, he's like, hey, can I quickly have a quick brag with you? Can I brag about something? And then somebody's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, well, this is what's happened. And I quite like that because yeah. I thought, okay, that makes it feel, I mean, you either take it or leave it, you might not like it. But I was like, okay, for somebody that's maybe not used to talking about their successes, like myself as well, it's like, oh, what do you want people to think I'm a show off? Yeah you know, um, but using that is actually like, yeah, sure. I want to hear more, um, versus what, well, you know, it could, it could, yeah. I'm so yeah, great. Look at me. Rah, rah, rah. Yeah. It's got yeah, a very different yeah. energy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I do think it's so important to, cause if we're not going to praise ourselves and build ourselves up, um, not coming from a place of arrogance, but our self-worth, then, then who's going to do it? Because at the end of the day, it's from you, yeah. you know, and, um, and we need to hear that. And our brain needs to hear that for us to start stepping into that power and building that, that, that self-belief and that self-worth within us. Cause even when yeah. you receive it, you find it really difficult to accept because yeah. you believe it for yourself. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So it is a complete shift in that perspective yeah. and an unlearning, should I say. Um, and it's not about becoming cocky and arrogant. It's just, do you know what? I'm enough and so are you and so are you and so are you. And we're all enough. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so tell us, before, well, we were had like a bit of a pre-call chat and oh, yeah. um, you were talking about mantras. Could you share some of the mantras that keep you grounded <laughs> when your head starts whirring at your to-do list and all these things that you've got to do, do, do? Yes. So this, I am completely taking again from that book because um, I, one of the things and one of the intentions I set for myself this year was to be kinder to myself. Um specifically related to the self-talk because I found that that would give me a lot of anxiety, especially when I am working from home, um, that I kind of listen to the negative chatter. So one of them I have written everywhere is I am enough. Mm-hmm. And um, the other one is <laughs> I have phenomenal coping skills, hey. right? <laughs> or I have fantastic coping skills. Um, and I create presentations and workshops with ease is another one because as much as I delivering workshops, I, as a teacher, I used to loathe planning lessons. I absolutely used to loathe it. I used to just like that, like sits really heavy. So it's something that, um, and even now whilst I'm planning, the minute I get 
planning the content, I'm fine, I'm happy. But it's that initial feeling before, like, yeah. oh, I've got to plan these lessons. It's like so, when someone's about to do the gun for the race to start. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. So I just, you know, I've shifted that, like, I'm calm, I'm relaxed, I enjoy creating um, my presentations. You know, I get to create presentations. So that's the other thing I was banging on about this change of words on um, my stories, I think on Monday yeah. around I have to versus I get to. Yes. So that's been, and I've been using that a lot. Um, and it just shifts that perspective. And even I came across it on Instagram as well. I think her name might be Dr. Soph or Dr. Sophie. Oh, I know she's on happy, not perfect. Yeah. Um, and she had something about Praise yourself, like say little things, something along the lines of say little things every day to congratulate yourself. So even after this call, as crazy as this is, I want to go and make something to eat. I'll be like, well done, Natalie, for doing that, you know, doing the session with Tamu and well done for doing your run. Like it sounds so bizarre, but I ain't got nobody here at home telling me this right now. It's me. So, and and yes. even if I was at school, I would not get that because I just get what I haven't done and what I'm not good at doing and what I should do more of. So I better start telling myself this stuff. Yes. Um, so those are some of, but the, 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 I've got, and I've got exceptional coping skills as yeah, that one. And the, um, there is enough time to get everything done is the other one. To there keep me, <laughs> there was something Ruth Poundwright uh, mm-hmm. on Instagram. I was on her podcast the other day, which was really lovely. She posted something. I'm trying to find it now, and my internet is on real go slow. Um, but she was posting about scheduling business meetings with herself. Um, ah, yes. she was talking about scheduling scheduling um business meetings with herself to keep herself on track and so that she was not feeling ang- anxious and was clear about her plans for her um for her business and i thought that was a really really great idea because um when you are working for yourself you don't have the um opportunity and the meetings and all the rest Mm -hmm. of it you literally do have yourself and something I really did struggle with even though I can work in the team but I'm not the best at working in a team I can (coughs) you know I, I I like having somebody there to go to but I don't like being um managed really um but I do really miss people acknowledging my work what I've done etc so what you're saying about congratulating yourself actually is something that I'm going to do also I'm going to congratulate myself somebody put something on Instagram uh, the lady that runs Space at 61, and she put, and I shared it on my stories. Please note, I'm self employed, so if you see me on my own talking to myself, do not dis- disturb because I'm having a staff meeting. And literally, that is yeah. that is the one. So I think that I'm going to have to be more intentional with my talking to myself. So I'm also appraising myself as well as looking at the areas that I could do better, more differently in. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, I, I've been, I've been consistent with this since the beginning of January when I set that intention. I mean, and I'm not one for big resolutions and all of that. I feel like it's another day, like it's just another day, you know, and we're gonna, we've got intentions that we want 
in big scheme. But anyway, I must be honest with you, I'm really enjoying it. I probably look like a complete fool when I'm walking from here down to the tube and I start talking to myself out loud and I'm like, I don't even have earphones in, so it doesn't even look like I'm talking to someone. But I'm actually quite enjoying it and it allows me to pick up things that I might have missed. Um, And it also, now just speaking to you, it just silences the chatter sometimes of the, the negative chatter that can be really loud. Um, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. So yeah, do it, do it. And I think as well, you know, putting in those times, I think is so, I've not thought about it like that, but that's actually setting yourself some space and some time to just, you know, review you, but praise you. Like all of the things that we wished our teachers would tell us at school when we were growing up, or even our boss, you know, I remember at school and whilst, you know, there was a, there was a time when I had some lovely head teachers that I've worked with, you know, that, you know, you're doing a good job, but it's just that case of well done for doing this. So I yeah. really appreciate how you did that. Yeah. Um, and that's what we need to bring to ourselves. Yes. So that yes. internal staff meeting yeah. or external, yeah. if it's external, yeah. <laughs> like yeah, me. Totally. And you mentioned <laughs> a couple of books and a couple of people, which is really wonderful. I just wondered if there were any other books, podcasts, people that you have found useful in your kind of self-mastery and learning how to set up systems that support you as a self-employed person? Yeah, okay. So um, one of the first things actually that popped to mind that I've only recently come across that um, is really great for more on mindset and well-being is um, something called Food Matters TV. Mm. Um, and it's a US based program. So it's similar to like Netflix, but it's, um, all around beliefs and mindset and well-being. Um, and they've got a lot of, um, you know, famous authors on there, Gabby Bernstein, Marie Forleo, um, John Asaraf, um, so those are, I've really enjoyed that. Another podcast I've really gotten into is called um, The Brain Warrior's Way by Dr. Daniel Amen. Um, and he's a psychiatrist and he talks a lot around managing mindset and thoughts and again, um, a bit of well-being aspects in there like health related. Um, in terms of business support, um one of the things that I got a lot of value from right at the beginning was uh, Carrie Green, um, the Female Entrepreneur Association. Mm. Um, so she had this online members group, and that was really useful in helping to start out, um, you know, knowing systems and so forth. And somebody else, I know you've just recently had on, and I love watching all her stories, is Nikki Raby. Oh, I, I mean, Nikki. even the. Yeah, she's got, I mean, even though, you know, I'm past that stage of the what do I do phase, I mean, I'm still always feeling like what do I do, but that initial phase, um, I always find herself really, really valuable um, in terms of starting that up. Um, And additional books, definitely Playing Big by Tara Moore, O-A-M-O-H-R. I love that book. I've read that years ago and it's like, I love it, absolutely love it. Um, yeah, so those are a few. And then obviously the I Am Enough recently by Marissa Pears. Um, she also has a really good podcast interview with Lewis Howes. Um, that's actually how I came across her work. <clears throat> so, um, so lots of resources and things like that. Brilliant. 
That's really helpful. Yeah. Do you have anything coming up that we need to know about that you'd like to shout about? Um, do you know what um, events? I do want to do another hangout in February. So um, nothing. I don't have any dates set as yet, but it will be around mistakes are cool. This would be for the children. So mm-hmm. I'm looking at doing two online workshops, one for the children and then another online session for parents on how to help your child build their resilience, you know, how to help them embrace their mistakes Um so going through what I've done with the children and how parents can use that. So that is my intention for February. Mm-hmm. Um, January has been a bit vibrant, quite a few schools in the books. So trying to manage that. Um, but my intention is definitely probably towards the end of February. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got some, um, well, we've got some products coming up in the pipeline mm-hmm. pretty soon. So I will, I will definitely be talking more about that, which I'm really excited about. Um, yeah. Yeah, specifically for children between seven to nine years of age. So um, we'll definitely be sharing more of that. So how can people find out about that? Yeah, so I'm very, I'm like most active on Instagram. So Sorry, one moment. No, thank you. Sorry. (laughs) Can we start again? (laughs) Yeah, let's start. I'll go to, so where can people find out about your forthcoming courses and these lovely products? Yeah, sure. On Instagram, I'm there daily. So it's just at Power Thoughts NC. So N for Natalie, C for Costa. Mm -hmm. Uh, Facebook as well, Power Thoughts by Natalie Costa. And then obviously my website, um, powerthoughts.co.uk. So um, those are the three places that I'm most, well, Instagram, I'm there all the time. So you can definitely grab me on there. And that's where I really share most of my things. So, so yeah. I'll make sure that there are links in those show notes. Excellent. Natalie, it has been absolutely lovely speaking to you. Thank you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope that people found it useful and not just, just, not just like that, but not just parents, mm. because I think the concepts and tools and strategies and the themes you were talking about, they just translate throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. And that's why I think, you know, we don't get taught this at school, which is why. We're trying to shift that one, one school at a time. One school at a time. One school will be like a ripple effect. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Natalie, for your time. Thank you, my dear. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to 360 Conversations. I appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and I. I hope you found the episode useful. I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review my podcast like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms rule. Your feedback will assist me reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more women being privy to or joining these conversations. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me more women could benefit. As always, I'd love to keep the conversation going. You can join me by commenting on the podcast show notes on my website or via social media at Live360. I hope to engage with you soon. Podcast produced by me, Tammy Thomas. Podcast music produced by James Anderson. Take care.